Well, good morning. Glad to have you with me this morning here in my living room. Today is Tuesday, October 6th, and uh, we're studying God's Word again. And the topic that I'm going through in this series is that God is with us. And it, these are stories of God showing up uh, as a way to remind us that God shows up every single day and gives us His strength. Well, today is uh, I have probably one of the most famous stories of all time in the Bible of God showing up, and that's Moses and the burning bush. And we see that in Exodus chapter 3 so and 4, so please turn there. And as you recall, Moses um, had uh, kind of run away from Egypt when he was 40 years old. He had killed an Egyptian slave master and kind of gotten found out. And so he ran away and he began to uh, live in the land of Midian as a shepherd and uh, got married there and was shepherding sheep there for 40 more years. So this story takes place when he is 80 years old. So I like to say, uh, uh, who says God never calls uh, retired people to work? Uh, and certainly he does. And he's doing that for Moses here. We pick up the story in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. I'm just going to read a few verses, comment on that, and then give you my... Uh, uh, give you my thoughts for the rest of the passage. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and priests of Midian. And he had led the flock in the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. I think this is a great start to the call of Moses because what we see here is right from the start that Moses does have a heart to listen. And he says, Here I am. And uh, Sometimes I think we are so very eager to follow God, and that is a wonderful thing. Uh, that's really where it starts. God calls us, God commands us, and we have a heart for Him, and we say, God, yep, here I am, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And in fact, then, in this moment, uh, God um, tells Moses who He is. Verse 5, Do not come any closer to God. God said, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And it was an appropriate fear there. He was respectful and reverent and had the fear of the Lord. And he was treating it as a holy moment. Uh, the place where he was standing was holy ground. Why? Because God was there. And uh, this is important to notice because whenever we meet with God, it's a holy moment. Whether it's those simple times like this morning, uh, early when I first got up and I was beginning to prepare for my talk this morning, I was on my knees asking God to just give me his strength. And uh, I didn't pray too long. It was a couple of minutes, um, but it was a holy moment because I was meeting with God. And... Um, I think we need to remember that every moment that we meet with God is holy. And then there come those times when we know that God has called us in a significant way. I can remember when Kohori and I were back at Cascade Park Church. Probably it was 2001. And 
we were already praying about what God would do uh, with our lives in the future. And I can remember one Sunday we went to church and the pastor had put out a call and had said something like, if there's anyone here who knows they need to make a significant change in their lives or feeling called by God to make a significant change in their lives, please come forward. And I can remember both Kahori and I uh, immediately responded to that. And we both went forward to you know, the front of the church, the altar, and we kneeled down and knelt down and prayed. And, and we, our hearts were open to God and we knew that God was calling. Uh, and so these are significant times, even as Moses here has this significant call from God. What, what's important to know is that whenever we're meeting with God, it's a holy moment. And then what we see, of course, after this, uh, is that while Moses had kind of a great start with God and was open and saying, here I am, he then began to fall prey to his fears. And he began to make excuses as to why uh, he couldn't do what God was calling him to do. And we know that in verses, what is it, 7 through uh, seven through 10, that God is calling him to go deliver his people out of Egypt. Uh, verse 10, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. It was a big assignment. And so Moses got scared. And he gives five excuses, which I'll go through rather quickly right now. Uh, and I'll show you how God responded to each of Moses' excuses. The first excuse that Moses had for not wanting to take God's call was, I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm not good enough. And this comes in verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm not good enough. He's, he's essentially saying. And there were reasons why he thought this. Um, this was not a statement in a vacuum. There were reasons, um, not the least of which was that he remembers his sin from back in Egypt when he killed the slave master, the Egyptian slave master, uh, certainly. And now he's kind of run away from his people and run away, in a sense, from God. He knows this. And so there are reasons why that uh, he remembers maybe he's not good enough. But now look what God's response is in verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. Moses says, I'm not good enough. God's response was, I will be with you. It's God in you. It's God in us that gives us the strength. It's not on our own power or our, our own goodness that we have confidence. Our confidence comes from knowing it's God's power, not ours. And God can see through our weaknesses. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our sin. He knows our lack of ability. But nevertheless, He infuses us with His ability. We are created in the image of God. And God gives to us the strength that we need from Him. He sees through our weakness to His potential greatness in us. It's His greatness. And so He knows that about Moses and He knows that about you. Well, Moses comes up with a second excuse then in verse 13. His excuse is essentially, I don't have all the answers. Well, none of us have all the answers, do we? This is what he says in verse 13. Suppose I go to, Isra to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell him? Um, I don't have all the answers about God. 
And I think we experience this pretty quickly ourselves. When we think about trying to explain God to somebody else or explain our faith to somebody else, we have this fear that if, that if someone asks us a question that we can't answer, that we'll, it'll be an awkward situation. And so we just sometimes choose not to talk about God because we're scared maybe we won't have the answer. Like Moses was scared that he might not have the answer. Well, look what God's response is to Moses here. Uh, and we see this in verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Essentially, he's telling Moses, just tell them my name. Because that's the most important thing. You don't have to explain everything. You don't have to understand everything even. Just tell them my name. And here, of course, he says his great personal name, Yahweh. It says the Lord. And that, that um, two, two words there in your Bible is capitalized. The Lord, capital L-O-R-D. And when it's capitalized in your Bible, that indicates that the Hebrew there is Yahweh, God's personal name. Sometimes translated in your Bible as Jehovah. Um, and you need to know that, that here God is telling, telling Moses, just tell them my name. My name is Yahweh, which means I am. I am the existent one. I always was, I always, was, I always will be. I always will be. And uh, that's what we need to think most about, is telling people who we believe in. Uh, now, in the New Testament, of course, Jesus says He is the great I Am. He is the Jehovah, the Yahweh, and His name now is Jesus Christ. And so when we talk with people about our faith, the most important thing is to say, we believe, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord. I don't need to explain every single thing and understand every th single thing and explain everything to everybody, but to say this, that I believe in Jesus Christ, my Savior. Now, there's a third excuse in, in chapter 4. Now, jump over to chapter 4, verse 1. And the excuse is that people won't believe me. Moses says, people won't believe me. What if, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What am I, what am I supposed to do then if they don't believe me? So I say it and they don't believe me. Um, God's response is he gives Moses two miracles. This is fantastic. He says, uh, what do you have in your hand? I have a staff, Moses says. Okay, throw it down. He throws it down, turns into a snake. It's a miracle. He says, now grab the snake back up with your hand. And so he does, and it turns back into a staff. A miracle. And then he gives Moses another miracle. Verse 6, put your hand in your cloak. So Moses puts his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous, like snow. And put it back in, and it goes back to normal. Right? Another miracle. He gives Moses two miracles to show the people, in case they don't believe him. Well, you think, that's fine for Moses, but what about me? I can't do those miracles, right? You know what? You are a miracle. God has made you a miracle. He's changed your life, hasn't he? He's given you a story. He's taken you from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness, from an old way of life to a new way of life. You're a miracle. 
Christian, you are a miracle. Just tell your story. Tell people what God has done for you. Tell people what God has done for you. And if you don't understand what God has done for you, then maybe you need to rethink your salvation. Of course God's done a miracle in your life. He's made you brand new. He's given you a new nature, a new perspective, a new lease on life. Tell people that miracle because it's the miracle that God has given to you. Amen? Well, Moses has one more excuse, of course. After all is said and done. Actually, I'm sorry, number four. We're not to number five yet. Number four is, I'm a terrible public speaker. And of course, we see this in chapter four, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I'm not a good public speaker. Oh, this is the greatest fear of all, right? So many people have the fear of getting up in front of others and speaking in public, and Moses is no different. Well, at least this is the excuse that he's using. But it's very interesting. If you read the first five books of the Bible, which, by the way, Moses wrote, or recorded at least, so much of what he has written is beautiful. And to think that a man who can write so much so well can't speak in public. I think, I think his excuse is just a lame excuse, quite frankly, and most commentators do. Moses could speak, okay? Um, but it's the fear. It's the fear of speaking in public. And I think this is the same for so many people. I know so many people who have so much they could say, so many life stories and experiences they could share with others if they would get over the fear of speaking in public. Well, what's God's response here? I think this is beautiful because God does respond to it out of His grace. He says in verse 11, Who gave man his mouth? Rhetorical question. That is, God did. Who makes him deaf or mute? God does. Who gives him sight or makes him blind? God does. Is it not I, the Lord? Verse 12, Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. This is a gracious response. God is saying, look, I'm the one who gave you your mouth, okay? And I'm going to teach you to speak along the way. And when it comes to public speaking, it's all about depending on God. First of all, we're praying and we're preparing. That's how you do a good speech. You pray about it and you prepare. And God will help you with both of those things, right? He'll help you pray. And, and, and then when it's time to prepare, He'll help you prepare. This is what God's promise is. Right? He'll be with us again. In this whole thing, God is t teaching Moses. He will be with he will be with him. Well, all of this, and Moses is still not convinced. He has one final excuse in verse 13. And the last excuse is, I just don't want to go. <laughs> I just don't want to be the one. Right? Look at verse 13. But Moses said, oh, Lord, please send someone else to do it. Anyone else besides me. Right? Because I just don't want to do it. I think this is probably the most honest excuse of all. Like, I just don't want to do it. I, I'm lazy. I don't, I, I'm scared. I, don't, I just don't want to do it, right? We all fall into this one, and really it's the root of all of our excuses. It is our own selfishness. It's really what it is. And look at God's response. First of all, anger. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. The Lord doesn't like it when we give him all these excuses. And here, after five excuses, the Lord was just tired of... of Moses' excuses. 
just go do it, right? But then he, he responds with grace. At first he responds with anger, which is righteous anger out of God's holiness. And then he responds with grace out of his love. And he says basically, okay, I'll give you Aaron. Aaron can help you. Aaron can help you speak. He's a good speaker. <laughs> what a gracious thing for God to do. He, he shows us that we can't get out of the call, right? Out of, out of anger, out of righteous anger. God says, no, you're going to do it anyway. But then out of grace, he gives us the help that we need. This is such an important lesson for us to learn. We have the excuses. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. People won't believe me. I'm not good at public speaking. And finally, of course, I just don't want to do it. All of these excuses that we give to God. I always told my daughters when they were growing up, never say I can't. Never say I can't. Well, something may be hard for you. You may not be as good at certain things as at other things. But don't ever let it become part of your vocabulary to constantly say, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do that. I hear people saying that all the time. And it really disappoints me. Um, because God doesn't call us to say, I can't. God calls us to say, I'll try. I'll obey. And so God's called you to do something today, this week, this month. Stop with the excuses and just go do it, right? Don't get overwhelmed by your feelings. Simply obey what God has called you to do. And that will bring you the greatest joy anyway. Super great lesson from Moses in the burning bush in Genesis 3 and 4. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you've given us this clear and decisive lesson. God, you called Moses to a great, huge thing, but you showed up to help him. That's the point. You showed up to, to tell him, to call him, and then to promise to him that you would be with him. And Lord, we take all of those promises to ourselves, Lord, that you have called us to great purposes and that you'll be with us along the way. Help us, Lord, to obey your great purposes. Father, to follow you and to obey. I just pray for everyone today who's listening and I ask that you would give them this grace, Lord, and I pray that you would clear away the cobwebs in our head and help us to see spiritually how to follow you and how to love you, God, and how to love others around us. Heavenly Father, be with us today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Also glad you were with me today. I'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Love you all. Talk to you later.